Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. And checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Last night, if you missed it, the college football playoff rankings came out and pretty much everything I told you on Monday came to fruition in terms of projecting what was likely to happen. Let's start with where we're headed here. I'm going down to Atlanta on Friday and I will watch Alabama and Georgia play in the SEC title game there. And what's interesting about the SEC title game is I believe, as I told you on Monday and as the college football playoff rankings showed last night, Alabama's in the playoff. There are two teams that are in the playoff and are not going to be left out. That is Alabama and that is Notre Dame. And Notre Dame obviously doesn't have a game at all. So they're sitting at 12-0 and with no issues going forward. Alabama is 12-0 and and no matter what happens against Georgia with the small caveat of unless Tua got hurt substantially, Let me toss that out there and was suddenly out for the season like McKenzie Milton at Central Florida, like Alex Smith against Washington, barring a significant injury for Tua Tagovailoa. Then we're talking about Alabama automatically in. 
which means there's two spots available for the college football playoff. Alabama's in, and Notre Dame is in. Now, we don't know necessarily where those teams are going to be seated, although if Alabama wins, the Crimson Tide are going to be one. And I think it's likely that Notre Dame is going to be three. And then there are two open spots. Clemson plays against Pittsburgh as a 26-point favorite. If Clemson loses that game, I don't think Clemson would make the college football playoff because their overall resume is not that strong and there would be a lot of other teams with every bit as good of resumes. So Clemson needs to win to be in, even though we know that they're the best team in the ACC. The ACC is just not very strong. You look overall at the ACC across the board. All right? So that is intriguing in and of itself. Here is the big debate, right? What's going to happen between Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State? Georgia right now is the number four team in the country in the college football playoff rankings. If Georgia beats Alabama to get to 12-1, and one, there is no doubt that Georgia will advance to the college football playoff. And that means that regardless of what Oklahoma did, regardless of what Ohio State did, both of those teams would be left out. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Notre Dame would be your college football playoff. But if Alabama beats Georgia, and Alabama's around a two-touchdown favorite over Georgia, if Alabama beats Georgia, then Oklahoma would make the college football playoff with a win over Texas. And Ohio State, I believe, would make the college football playoff with a win over Northwestern. Now, what if Oklahoma loses? What if Ohio State loses? Then 11-2 Georgia would be in the college football playoff even if they lost to Alabama, and we might get an immediate rematch between Alabama and Georgia in the college football playoff. That is your college football playoff picture in a nutshell. There are six teams still alive to make the college football playoff. I just ran through all of them with you. Now, this brings up something that I have been on for some time when I climb on my soapbox. And that is how many of these conference title games are absolutely worthless. Alabama-Georgia is an interesting game. I'm excited to watch it. It really might not matter at all. Also, the ACC title game, Clemson and Pittsburgh, totally worthless. The Big Ten title game, Ohio State against Northwestern, totally worthless. The Pac-12 title game, Washington going up against Utah, not that interesting. The Big 12 title game, well, at least you're going to get a rematch but we already know that Oklahoma was the best team in the Big 12 all year. That's why we played the games. Oklahoma finished 11-1. and Nobody else went 8-1 and in the Big 12. The conference title games are typically big moneymakers that make no sense, really, when it comes to advancing the game of college football. And that's because typically we play the entire season to determine who the best team is in college football. It's very rare that we have two teams who have not played that are even and need to play against each other to determine who the champion is. 
It also creates, the college football playoff does, the stupidity of college football divisions, which make no sense at all. First of all, they're often lopsided when it comes to talent. Let me give you an example. The Big Ten East is much better than the Big Ten West. You got Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan all on one side of the table when it comes to the Big Ten. On the other side, you've got Nebraska, you've got Wisconsin, you've got Northwestern. Northwestern lost all three of its out-of-conference games this year. Lost to Duke, lost to uh, Notre Dame, and worst of all, lost to Akron. Yet they are playing for the Big Ten title. Doesn't make any sense at all. It's a vestige of geography. Makes no sense. So my question that I've been writing about and talking about for a while, and we're going to bring on Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist in hour three to discuss this because he wrote about it today. Why do we need conference title games at all? Why do we need divisions? Wouldn't you rather just expand the college football playoff and go to eight teams overall and eliminate the conference title games and end them? Now, I know they're big money makers. I know there are a lot of commissioners out there that like the college football title games because it keeps the corporate sponsors happy, because they like being able to grab each of their respective feudal kingdom cities where they bring in their conference title game and put on shows for the sponsors. The Big Ten gets Indianapolis. The uh, SEC gets Atlanta. The ACC goes and grabs Charlotte. Uh, and the uh, and the Big 12 gets Dallas. I think the Pac-12, if I'm not mistaken, is set out there in the 49ers stadium in Santa Clara for years to come as well. It allows them to go sign these deals with these independent cities. But wouldn't you prefer, wouldn't you prefer to see a college football playoff take place on campus? Wouldn't you rather see a 1-8 college football playoff? And let me just give you an example. If we were using right now the college football playoff rankings of their top eight teams to seed this playoff, instead of all those conference title games going on this weekend that I just gave you, we would be set up preparing for a 1-8 battle featuring Alabama playing against Central Florida. I know Mackenzie Milton's injury is unfortunate, but Central Florida people have been arguing for so long, hey, we deserve to be in the playoff. So assuming that Central Florida uh, was, uh, was in the playoff like they are right now, we would have Alabama against UCF. By the way, you would also play all of these games on the home, the higher-seeded team's home field. So you would play an extra home game in Tuscaloosa, which is one of the best things about college football, is the home field. Also, you would advantage the teams that finish in the top four so that they would get to host a home team so that the regular season would matter even more, just like we see happen every year in the NFL. Who gets to play at home is a big deal. That's why you play the regular season. Then you would have number two Clemson against number seven Michigan. So Michigan would get an opportunity to prove whether or not they deserve to be 
in the playoff mix whether Jim Harbaugh's team is as bad as they looked against Ohio State. You'd have number three, Notre Dame, hosting a home playoff game against Ohio State. Can you imagine how cool of an environment that would be in South Bend to have Notre Dame hosting Ohio State right there on campus? And then you would have Georgia rematching last year's classic semifinal game against Oklahoma in Athens. Tell me that those games would not be infinitely preferable to the conference title games that we have set up right now. I'm going to open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. Now, I want to give college football credit. I was watching that 74-72 to overtime game between LSU and Texas A&M last Saturday, and my 10-year-old was watching with me. And he said, wow, Dad, how long have you ever seen an overtime game this long? I said, yeah, I've seen you know a couple of overtime games that have gone on this long. But I said, remember, we've only had overtime for like 15 years or 20 years in college football so far. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He said, Dad, what happened before that? And I said, well, college football games often ended in ties before that. And he said, a tie? And then we got into a further discussion while we were watching that 74-72 game, and I found myself talking about how there used to be sometimes multiple national champions and how everybody would just sit around and vote on who the best teams were. And his mind was blown because he's grown up in an era where the college football playoff has only existed. And so the idea that there used to be ties into college football and the idea that you could have multiple split national champions that everybody was voting on is so absurd to him that it's hard for him to even contemplate. But if you think about what could happen with an eight-team college football playoff with four games on campus, isn't that the final straw, the final perfect setup to make college football as good as it can possibly be? Can you imagine if we had that eight-team playoff that we were rolling into in December right now instead of these conference title games? Alabama-UCF, Clemson-Michigan, Notre Dame going up against Ohio State, and Georgia going up against Oklahoma. It would be phenomenal. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, why can't we play the conference title games and also do the eight-team playoff? You certainly could. But I think you would then get into a really interesting situation where the teams that didn't make the conference title game would be in a lot better shape because they'd get to play one less game. And also, it would make no sense why you would need to play those games because the teams that would be in the playoff would already be in the playoff. Alabama against Georgia just wouldn't even make sense in the SEC title game. And if you were Clemson, you wouldn't want to be playing Pittsburgh. You'd be like, we're already in the playoff as the two seed. Why in the world do we need to play a 7-5 and Pittsburgh team when everybody already knows that we're the best team in the ACC? And Ohio State could rightfully say as well, why do we need to play Northwestern when everybody already knows that we are the best team in the Big Ten this year? That's why we played the regular season. College football anti-playoff proponents used to say, well, it'll make the regular season matter less. Well, that's certainly wrong. The college football regular season has never mattered more 
But oftentimes, these conference title games have never mattered less. So why not just do away with them? If you have two teams that end up with the same record, they can be co-champs in the uh, in the ter- in the conference. Why does that matter? Who cares? And then we can figure out who's better by getting into the postseason in the playoff, just like we do in college basketball now. How many people care really very much who wins a conference championship in college basketball, or if two teams end up tied and split a conference championship? That's why we have the NCAA tournament. Ultimately, we decide who the best team is with the NCAA tournament to play out. Okay, I'm going to open up the phone lines. Do you guys agree with me? I'm going to put up a poll question as well. My name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Our phone number is 877-996-6369. I'm curious if you guys want to weigh in. What are your thoughts on this as well? In the meantime, it's morning. Don't forget to brush your teeth because it's one of the best things we do for our health every day, yet most of us are not doing it properly. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. It's designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. If you have issues with brushing, why not go to the best possible toothbrush? It has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides helping guide a full and even clean. Plus, 90% of you don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. Quip Toothbrush will make sure that you get the best brush. Plus, they make sure that you are hooked up and ready to go because you also get brand new brush heads automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5 because Three out of four of us use bristles on our toothbrushes that are old, worn worn out, and ineffective. That's why Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. That's why I love Quip. It's also why you will love Quip. They're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals, and right now they start at just 25 bucks, and you can get it with a great deal with a first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. If you go to getquip.com slash clay right now, that's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P slash clay, my name, C-L-A-Y, right now, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P slash clay, C-L-A-Y. Your call's next, 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. You check things all the time, like your email or social media, but Discover asks, what about checking something as important as your credit score? Well, Discover makes it quick and easy with their credit scorecard, which is free for everyone, even if you're not a customer. See your FICO credit score and other important credit information, and once you know your score, you should check to see if your current credit card is the best fit for you. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. TrueCar shows you what other people paid for a car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car 
Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. It's a confident show. We're talking about the college football playoff rankings. We've got a lot of calls I want to get to. I want to go around the crew first and, and poll you guys. And by the way, we're going to talk to John Campbell at the end of the hour. We'll get you some gambling picks on these conference title games as well as we roll into the 12th game of the NFL season. Uh, but we bring up uh, the crew. Do you guys agree? I'm just going to go around quickly. Do you agree with me that you would rather have an eight-team college football playoff, the games that I just ran through, than you would play these conference title games this weekend if you had to choose? Danny G, are you on my side? 1,000%. Roberto, my side? Agree, Totally. Uh, Eddie Garcia on my side here. It is a clean sweep, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm assuming, Dub, you're a big college football fan as well. Are you in on this side as well? Yeah, I'm not sure how you could disagree with that. All right, so everybody on the show agrees. Do you guys agree? Let's go to some of your calls. Uh, 877-996-6369. If you're just waking up, uh, we talked about the college football playoff, where we're headed, and I said if you just use the college football playoff rankings right now, You'd have number one Alabama against number eight UCF, number two Clemson against number seven Michigan, number three Notre Dame against number six Ohio State, number four Georgia against number five Oklahoma. All of those games would be played on the home field of the higher seed. I'm using the college football playoff committee seedings. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Georgia would all get home fields uh, to play this first round of the playoff, and then you'd go into the semifinal, and the final as it exists right now. Trevor in Indiana, what you think? Hey, Clay, uh, thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Uh, I think it sounds like a sexy plan. Uh, the eight-team playoff, uh, Notre Dame, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. I only live about an hour from South Bend. Um, yep. The thought of Ohio State coming into Notre Dame Stadium would be huge. And the other games as well, Alabama, UCF, that just sounds like a really cool matchup. I think it would be a great idea. I agree with you. Uh, so Trevor in Indiana, yeah, Trevor in Indiana, uh, on uh, hopping on. Let's go to Stephen down in Louisiana. Stephen, what's up? Hey Clay, thanks for uh, taking my call. So uh, I'm a big LSU fan, so I don't really have a dog in this fight. But a couple weeks ago, you were talking about how an 18 would water down the regular season and give t- uh, wouldn't give any motivation to teams like UCL and Michigan who just got blown out to have a stronger strength schedule. So I was wondering to see what you thought about that. I don't think I've ever been – thanks for the call. I, I've been a big proponent of the 18 playoff for a long time, and, and and thanks for the call. I don't think it would water down the playoff, water down the regular season at all. I think water down the regular season arguer is literally the dumbest argument you can make maybe in the world of sports right now because every other sport – plays to get to the postseason and they get into the postseason with as many teams as they can to make the postseason as entertaining as it can possibly be talk about water down the regular season the ACC championship game only matters if Clemson loses the Big Ten championship game only matters if Ohio State loses the Pac-12 championship game doesn't matter at all and the SEC championship game only matters if Alabama loses. That leaves, and honestly, really, the Big 12 championship game only matters if Oklahoma loses. From a national title perspective, all five of our conference title games this year don't matter if the better team wins. If Clemson wins, the ACC championship game doesn't matter. If Ohio State wins, the Big 10 championship game doesn't matter. If 
Alabama wins, the SEC championship game doesn't matter. If Oklahoma wins, the Big 12 championship game doesn't matter. And the Big Pac-12 championship game doesn't matter regardless. Tommy in Florida. What's up, Tommy? Am I still on? Can you guys hear me? Loud and clear, Clay. <laughs> We're having some issues here with some uh, some buttons on this board here in Nashville. Uh, uh, it is a 1970s board. All right, Dub, you try to just pop, pop up the next person and let me know who you think is going to talk. Or should I go to uh, Eddie and get the update, and then we'll figure out how to take the rest of these calls? Yeah, go to Eddie real quick. All right, Eddie Garcia, come in. Give me an update on what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, of course, you just uh, mentioned the big story from yesterday, and that's the latest college football rankings. Of course, number one's Alabama, Clemson two, Notre Dame three. But who would be the number four team with Michigan losing last week? And that would be the Georgia Bulldogs. Number five is Oklahoma. Ohio State checks in at number six. Those are the first two teams on the outside looking in. Of course, Alabama and Georgia will play each other in the SEC title game coming up this weekend. Matter of fact, all these teams will be in action in a conference title game except for Notre Dame, whose regular season is over. NBA just five games on the schedule. Raptors beat the Grizzlies 122 to 114. Toronto now a league best 18 and 4 on the year. Nuggets over the Lakers 117 to 85. LeBron James just 14 points in the loss for LA. Pistons beat the Knicks 115 to 108. Hawks getting by the Heat 115-113. And the Pacers down the Suns 109 to 104. The support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Covered Studios. We are indeed here live with the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And which way is easier right now? Well, in theory, it should be regu- relatively easy uh, to talk to our callers. But, Dub, what's the update here? So on this uh, old ancient board here in Nashville, it went smoothly on the first couple callers, and now the buttons to put the callers through is just simply not working. Mm, awesome. All right, let's, uh, let's call John Campbell. Let's call an audible here. Instead of taking your calls, we appreciate all of you calling uh, and, uh, and, and joining us. Uh, we will go to John Campbell instead. Can you do that for me, uh, uh, Danny G? Go ahead and get John Campbell on the line. We were going to talk to him at the end of the hour. Uh, we'll see. Do we have any idea how to fix the buttons on the telephone? Dub, do you have a hammer there in Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> I might start using my fist here in a second. Uh, do we want to try again? Are you confident that they aren't working at all? I'm extremely confident do that these buttons are not working. Do you think this ever happens? Does this ever happen? Have Has there ever been a point in time where the Mike and Mike show, I think it's called Mike and Trey now, right? ESPN, our competitor, the one that we're dunking on on a regular basis. Yeah. Do you think the buttons on their phones have ever not worked? Well, you know what, Clay? It's funny you mentioned it because I, I actually seen the board that they work on. Their board is so nice. They put it on the, they show a picture of it on the air. Compared to the oh, one we the, have here. The, the technology yeah, that yeah. they have on their yeah. show is so spectacular that <laughs> yeah, they will just show yeah. a they picture show the of levels it to of show, a, like, to just yeah. like dunk on us. But it's like They'll a guy. Like, hey. But it's like a dude having a midlife crisis though, who needs a nice car. You no. know what I mean? Well, you, I mean, we have we have better we have better drivers, so we don't our need show the is Corvette. Better. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But it would be useful if the buttons on our national radio show would actually work. I think at some point, W, you need to take a picture of that studio i i the nashville studio that that we have it is like the studio in lost 
uh, if you watch the television show Lost, when they had to push the button in Lost, and it's like the 1970s in there, I don't even know how these boards work. That thing is so old. First of all, I don't understand how it would be possible. Let's just go here for a minute. That we could punch up callers uh, and have them come on, and then our buttons would just stop working. I mean, the, the degree to which we are technologically behind the times on that board is out of this world. And we got a great topic. We got loaded lines. Everybody wants to come in and talk, and our buttons don't work. John Campbell's with us. John Campbell, do you think that anybody at ESPN Radio has ever tried to take calls and the buttons on their board just don't work? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think I mean, so. this is, this is a difference maker for, for my show, for Fox Sports Radio in general. You don't know whether a button is going to work or not on this show. I don't, I don't, it's, it's amazing to me. That's why I said like when about after like 30 seconds, I'm like, am I actually on? Is this show on? Is there anybody out there listening? <laughs> uh, John Campbell, we are debating whether or not there should be any conference title games at all because so many of these conference title games are utterly worthless for anything, frankly, other than gambling. Uh, all five of them really only matter if the favorite gets upset. If Oklahoma loses, if Alabama loses, if Ohio State loses, if Clemson loses, all four of them are playing games that are virtually worthless uh, in terms of actually helping their chances. You can at least argue the Big 12, Oklahoma would be helped, but only if Georgia loses. Um, so when you look at these games, which one are you most excited to gamble on? Uh Probably Utah, Washington, uh, because I think I think Utah can upset Washington here, and I think uh, there's some good money line value in that one. The Friday night game as well, so uh, so that's probably the one for me that I'm most excited about. But but uh, you're right, <laughs> without gambling, these these are kind of lackluster games. It's almost like they're anticlimactic here at the end of the season, but. It's one of those things we, we need to be careful what we wish for. We we want a replay in sports, and now it takes too long. And let's go back to to official judgments. And we wanted championship games, and now we got them, and now we're complaining about them. So uh, I, I just gamble on them and uh, make sure I have some fun with them. If Vegas were setting the four teams for the college football playoff, I think it's clear they would take Alabama. I think it's clear they would take Clemson. Would they take Notre Dame? Would they take Georgia? Who do you think Vegas would tell us the four best teams in college football this year are? I think they would definitely take Notre Dame in there, and uh, I think Ohio State. That's uh, that's probably who I would put in there as well, especially with the way they capped off the season with the win over Michigan. That one matters too. I think for style points, I think if if, if Ohio State blows out Northwestern. Uh, who's won 15 of their last 16 Big Ten games, I think that's going to give them a little bit of a boost and might be able to slide them in there. Should Northwestern not be eligible to play in the Big Ten championship game because they lost to Akron? (laughs) I know Akron's not a Big Ten school, but shouldn't you have like, hey, if you lose to Akron for the first time as a Big Ten school since 1894, (laughs) even if you have a good Big Ten record, you don't get to play for the championship. Unless we're going to make Akron the Big Ten champs if Northwestern wins. Yeah, maybe a rule. If you lose to a team that's named after rubber boots, then maybe uh, maybe you can't get in there. But North, all Northwestern does is win and cover spreads. They're 13-3 and three against the spread in their last 16 Big Ten games. 
that was a weird kind of sandwich game uh, where they just they just got caught against an Akron team that can score a little bit. So I don't penalize them too much. I, I just think it was a, a bit of a bad schedule situation maybe for them. We're talking to John Campbell. You can follow him on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. When you go into the NFL right now, what do you like on the NFL slate? In particular, tomorrow's a pretty big game, right? We got the Saints going on the road against the Cowboys. Saints over a touchdown favorite. How would you play Thursday night football? Well, Thursday night football, uh, you just take the favorite, basically. The favorite is 9-2-2 two and two against the spread this season. And going back, uh, coming into this season, the Thursday night favorite was covering at 59% and, and doing even better than that this year. So I really don't handicap these Thursday night games too, too tightly anymore because you don't need to. You just, you just take the favorite. But that said, I like the Saints anyway. I like them to win by double digits. And, and, and the big improvement they've made, the one area where they weren't playing well was in the secondary and corner coverage. And they've improved so much in that area over the last three games. They're, they're allowing 217 yards passing per game over the last three compared to almost 300 on the season. So, improvement there I think they beat the Cowboys by double digits couple other interesting games in the NFL in terms of games that could have a substantial impact down the stretch in the playoffs I think the two most interesting are uh, the Vikings against the Patriots and the Chargers against the Steelers do you like either one of these sides the Patriots now around a five-point favorite the Steelers a little over a field goal over the Chargers all four of those teams would be in the playoff if the season were ending today yeah, I, I, I just don't ever bet against the Patriots. It's, it's, and I do like them to cover this one here. They, they've won 10 straight as a home favorite, and they're 9-1 against the spread in those. And all these guys do is seem to cover the spread. Last week, it kind of looked like they were in trouble and weren't going to cover, and then, of course, they do. So I don't bet against the Patriots. I like the Chargers in the other one. I, I, I think this line should be a little bit closer to a pick. I, I like the gritty way the Chargers are playing, and Phillip Rivers was just so efficient last week. He's been playing really well this season. But on defense, they've been tough and gritty, and uh, Pittsburgh's run game has kind of gone away the last couple games. So a lot of stress on the pass game. I think that matches up well for the Chargers. Uh, with, with the Steelers laying more than a field goal, I'll, I'll take the underdog in that one. Anything else uh, that is out there gambling-wise that you are interested in as we come in towards the weekend? Well, in college football, I like Alabama-Georgia under quite a bit. Uh, we, we talk about under 63. We talk about Alabama's offense all the time, and, and we should. But their defense is incredible as well. Number three, red zone defense. Uh, fourth in defensive touchdown scored as well. They score on defense, and Georgia has a great defense too. So I really like the under in that one, under 63. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the other one in college uh, I like a lot. Outstanding stuff as always. Go follow uh, John Campbell at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you joining us, my man. Thanks, Clay. Uh, all right, Dub, what's the latest on the phones? The board, at least where the phone line is connected, is totally frozen. And uh, that's the update. Do we have any and idea how to unfreeze the board? You know, I, I, have a, I have a good set of skills, but one of those skills does not include dissecting this 1964 board and figuring that out. So I'm going to have to go seek some assistance on that, and I'm not sure how that's going to go at 540 local time. Yeah, nobody's in the building. Uh, suggestion from you, Danny G? 
Yeah, so Roberto and I are waking up our tech engineer right now, the director of uh, tech here at Fox. And Is gonna... it possible to flip the calls back yes. to L.A.? Well, that's why we're waking him up right now. So we'll the, hopefully the, reroute things to Los Angeles. The here. reason why that could make sense is because hour two is me yeah. doing the anonymous mailbag live, which requires our phones to work. I don't know how I do it. I really don't. Uh, I am surrounded by a by a sea of ineptitude. Uh, when we return, we won't take calls. Maybe we'll try the anon- the animal uh, Thunderdome. We haven't done that yet this week. Can we net- can we pull that off? Yeah, we could do that. All right, we're going to try to do that. Animal Thunderdome next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. This is Outkick the Coverage. I appreciate all of you joining us. We would have more of you joining us if our phones worked. Uh, We are telling you that thanks to Welch's grape juice, there are over 400 crushed, decimated, and pulverized grapes crammed into each bottle of Welch's grape juice, which pretty much leaves no room for anything else, no added sugars, no added flavors, and definitely no mercy. The world's toughest antioxidants, Welch's, tough as grapes. Cue the music, boys. Will that work? Hey! Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. I've had this story saved for a little while because it might be my worst nightmare. The headline, 10-foot python sinks its fangs into man's penis while he sits on the toilet in Thailand, forcing him to rip the snake off as, quote, blood goes everywhere. You want to talk about a rough way and a rough life. I don't know how to say this guy's name, but it's an amazing name. His name appears to be Turdsack. Turdsack Kalpankanpan. And that might be the most destructive name uh, use ever. Can we here. say that on the air? Turdsack Kalpankpan went to use the toilets. And what and This guy was cursed from birth. The guy's name is Turdsack, and he's going to have this happen to him. I don't know what to say. To use the toilets at his office in Bangkok, Thailand yesterday only for a snake to slither up through uh, the toilet and attack him from below. The 45-year-old, and there's video of this, by the way, the 45-year-old howled in pain and colleagues rushed to the bathroom to find him wrestling with the serpent which had clamped its jaws around his penis. He then, oh man, I hit the wrong button here. I hit the wrong button. All right, I'm going to go back. Oh, got to go back. Uh, this is an amazing story. He then ripped off the snake and sprinted outside with blood pouring from his groin. The snake retreated back into the toilet bowl, and Turdsack, Turdsack needed 15 stitches in the tip of his penis. Now, now, at Turdsack's credit, at least he could get 15 stitches on the penis. I, I don't envy in any way that he could get 15 stitches, but at least his penis was large enough to get 15 stitches. Because can you imagine the only thing worse than getting attacked while trying to go to the bathroom by a uh, by a huge uh, boa constrictor was if you had to get stitches and you could only get like two stitches because you didn't have enough penis there, either left or to begin with, 
Footage shows animal experts trying to coax the animal out of its hiding place. It had reportedly been in the pipes for several weeks. You talk about bad luck. Turdsack said, I was about to stand up from the toilet. Then I felt a bite in my penis. I immediately knew it was a snake. I stood up and grabbed the python's head and pulled it off me. There was blood everywhere. This is our boy Turdsack. I should have been more careful. I saw the snake in another toilet in the house. So I was using this one instead, but I didn't realize the toilets could be connected. I got to tell you this right now. I'm never using the toilet in that house again if you knew that there was a snake living in the toilets. This is the worst story ever. Turdsack said the staff at the production company had seen the snake in the toilet two months ago and had even joked about it biting one of them. This is unbelievable. They tried to catch it, but after it escaped, they simply stopped using the bathroom where it had been seen. This is the this is the worst story ever. Turdsack added, there are two bathrooms in the building. The snake had been seen before in one of the bathrooms. We stopped using that toilet and thought it would be okay. This was a mistake as I didn't realize they were connected. Even in the morning, my boss had joked, be careful of the snake. Well, I will now be more careful. I'll be anxious every time I use a toilet now. Rescue workers arrived and spent 30 minutes trying to tempt the serpent from the toilet before eventually catching it and dragging it into the street in front of stunned neighbors. The python was stuffed into a sack and driven away to be released back into the wild. Is this the worst animal Thunderdome story of all time? A man named Turdsack in Thailand gets his penis bitten and has to get 15 stitches. We would take your reactions to this call, but that is impossible. So we will only allow you to reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Clay Travis. I feel like we're going to have to unpack more of this Turdsack story when we come back. Poor guy named Turdsack, and he gets his penis bitten while he's trying to go to the bathroom. This is a one of this is a pyramid of disaster in Thailand. I'm going to be honest with you. We will continue to discuss. We'll also see. Stay tuned whether or not we can get the phones to work to do the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. My name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick the coverage. Sometimes the phones work here. Sometimes they don't. Thanks for listening on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Also, never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. Go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY for 20% savings. All right. We are talking about my guy. uh, What's his name again? I already forgot it. I knew it. Let me go back. Hold on. Uh, We are talking about my guy down in Thailand, Turdsack. Real name, Turdsack. Call Pump Puppy, but um, um, is his name, uh, and I have uh, not gotten the second. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> his name is Turd Sack Bum 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 Ba Ba. That's, that's the way you pronounce it. Uh, I, I honestly, I have no idea how you pronounce the second name. The first name is T E R D, Turd Sack. Turd Sack. I'm confident on Cow Peng Gan Pan, Cow Peng Pan, Cow Peng Pan, Turd Sack Cow Peng Pan. Uh, he went to the bathroom in Thailand. And while he was there, he was attacked by a uh, by a snake, and he had to get 15 stitches. So 
I'm saying bittersweet to get attacked by a snake while you're going to the bathroom. The only positive thing to come out of this story is the fact that he got a 15 stitches in his penis from the bite. There have to be women that were impressed when they hear he got 15 stitches in his penis. They have to think, oh, turd sack, a little bit more of a man than I might have anticipated, right? 15 stitches in the penis. I don't know about you. 15 stitches, that seems like covers a lot of geographical terrain. I can't be the only man who hears 15 stitches on the penis. Stinks that you would have to get 15 stitches on your penis, but positive side, penis is big enough to get 15 stitches. Am I the only person who hears 15 stitches on the penis and thinks that's a decent-sized penis? Danny G, are you also of that opinion? (laughs) Oh, I was checking our Twitter timeline right now, and one of our listeners tweeted into the show and said he thinks he could only get nine on his, so he was impressed. Uh, This is, uh, I mean, yeah, look, I mean, 15 is, uh, who wants to talk? Am I making people uncomfortable here? Is, am I the only person impressed that a man could get 15 stitches on his penis? I think first reaction, 15 uh, sounds like a pretty impressive number. Like if I said, oh, he got, his penis was mangled, it was destroyed, he only got two stitches, you'd be like, oh man, that guy's got some rough stuff going on to begin with. Like the, the, the snake attacked him. And, it, it, and there was all sorts of blood and damages and everything else. And you're like, oh, what did they do? Well, they had to repair the whole thing. It only took two stitches. You're like, ah, I don't know, turd sack. In addition to getting attacked by the snake, we're also, everybody just finds out he has a tiny penis. Not really a good day for turd sack. At least when you get 15 stitches, you think, oh, turd sack. No wonder the snake bit him. He thought it was a full meal. He didn't think it wasn't an appetizer. That was a full meal the snake thought he was getting. Thought it was a mouse, a good-sized mouse. Not a small mouse, right? That's, I think that's a fair way to look at this. Think about it from the snake's perspective. You're living in the pipes. Probably not a lot of great food. And by the way, this story. How is the way that you respond to a snake that is living in your pipes that you decide that you are just not going to use that bathroom anymore? You don't call animal control and say there's a gigantic snake living in the bathroom? Also, how does this snake swim from one part of the bathroom to another part of the bathroom? Is this the MacGyver of snakes? I understand the pipes are all connected. Does the snake not need to breathe? Does the, I don't know how this works. Does, in all honesty, do snakes have lungs? How do they go underwater for this long? I'm ter- I'm ter- I, this is one of my worst nightmares is sitting down to go to the bathroom and having a snake bite me. I'm not sure I'd ever go to the bathroom again if a snake bit me when I went to the bathroom. And God forbid a snake bit me, and the next day I came on the radio show, and I was like, because I would definitely come to work, because I haven't ever missed a day. And I was sitting here with gauze all over my groin, and you were like, well, how'd it go? And I said, well, I got two stitches. Snake, snake bit me. My penis is all torn to shreds. Doctors are trying to put it back together again. Well, what did they do? Well, they stitched up two, two stitches. You'd be like, ugh. Oh. Clay Travis, man, this is the worst move. And also, what was the snake thinking? Does the snake not want an actual meal? The snake's going after the smallest mouse he's ever seen. That was like a baby mouse. So I think turd sack, while it is unfortunate what happened to him, the 15 stitches is the best part of this story by far. Am I? If you were working in a place of business, and there were two bathrooms, and one of them had a snake that was loose in the bathroom. Would you ever go to the other bathroom? I would say we'll go to the phones and talk about it, but our phones aren't working. 
Oh, it's the update on the phones. Okay, good news and bad news, Clay. Yeah. yeah. So Karis was able to uh, pull some strings early in the morning here on the West Coast. The good news, the phones are rerouted. The bad news, he was only able to reroute them to your home. <laughs> so hope your wife is not going to be woken up by all the callers. The, the joke is on you guys. We don't have a phone. I don't have a home phone line. <laughs> My home studio, we have the T-line. How do you, do? How, how do, you do all your celebrity guest the spots? The Comrex box. I have a cell phone. Oh, okay. I don't have a, a home line. So, oh, so you're one I of don't those, ever answer. So you're one of the celebrities they go to and your phone keeps breaking up as they're interviewing you. Yeah, look, if you want to talk to me, the understanding that you have to do, people are like, can you give me a hard line? My answer is no. I have a cell phone. If you want to talk to me, <laughs> and by the way, I don't even answer my cell phone. If you text me, then I will see the text. I will not answer the phone if you call me because most of the time the people who are calling me, I don't know the phone numbers, everything else. Like The last thing I'm going to do <laughs> is just get into a random conversation with somebody I don't know. So unless uh, unless you text me, I probably won't answer the phone anyway. So we, the phones are open. We do. that. So now the phones are here in Los Angeles. Now I the will. challenge is we don't have as many <laughs> lines in L.A. Right. Oh, yeah. Phones are back, baby. All right. Eight. So what is Dub going to do now? Dub, what do you do now? <laughs> yeah, Dub. Your job is to answer the phones, and the phones <laughs> hey, don't work. I'm here if you need me. You know, my expert <laughs> so what opinion is always valued. Can you jump a flight to Los Angeles, Dub, so you could come screen the calls? Dub, what hey, do you put think it on about Fox the Sports fi- Radio? I'm there. <laughs> what about the 15 stitches? Kind of impressive for Turd Sack, right? Definitely the most impressive part of the story. Now, when you said that they've noticed the snake there, for and they months. just laughed about it. And they, and then sh- it only and they took- stopped using that bathroom and used the other and bathroom And then it only, took, it only took 30 minutes to extract the serpent from the toilet. I mean, that may- I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing here? I, 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 just, I, I think there are so many poor decisions being made here, right? We're going to open up the phone lines, and we will allow you to react to turd sack being attacked by the snake. Eight, I was taking calls on the college football playoff and whether we should expand to eight. But I got to tell you, Turd sack getting attacked by the snake to me in Thailand. Much bigger story in the world of sports right now. 877-996-6369. Was this Turd Sack's Jordan flu game? When he got the 15 stitches, was this him being like, hey, I'm Turd Sack, baby, and I need 15 stitches when a, when a snake attacked me trying to go to the bathroom? I don't know. I, I you know who we need to get on the phone. We got N- N- Shafali Khan, the man who killed the tiger. We need to track down Turd Sack, even if he doesn't speak English, and just have him on to answer questions. <laughs> what do they speak in Thailand? Thai? We need him even if he's oh, just man. speaking Thai. It seems like a lot of crazy stories happen in Thailand. Didn't those kids get stuck in the cave in Thailand? Yeah, the Thai cave thing, the rescues. Uh, all right, so we're opening up the phone lines. Are you impressed that Turd Sack needed 15 stitches? And or how would you react if there was a snake loose in your business and they told you just don't use that bathroom? 877-996-6369. All right, on the turd sack front here, what would happen if in the Fox Sports Radio studios in LA, because I'll tell you what would happen if we had a snake loose in my house, I would sell the house. My wife, we had snakes like in the yard. My wife said she had seen a snake. Now, fortunately, it's winter here, and I was really thinking about selling the house. I was like, I, I, if I go outside and I see a snake here, I'm just done. And God forbid it's a poisonous snake. I'm finished. I'm anti-snake. I am a snakist. I believe we should kill all of them. I am anti-snake more so than anybody you possibly could know. 
and I'm very comfortably saying it, I don't care if we had an endangered species list and we got every snake on there, I would be perfectly fine with it. I really would. I think that the fact that they don't have snakes in Hawaii, that's great. I lived in the U.S. Virgin Islands. We really don't have snakes there. Great. In Ireland, what did they say? St. Patrick? They went out and they killed all the snakes. There are no snakes in Ireland now. Seems like to me that would be a better place to live, a place where there are no snakes. It's amazing to me that you could eliminate all the snakes, but evidently they did it in Ireland. They don't have snakes in Hawaii. They don't really have snakes in the U.S. Virgin Islands. All of those very preferable to me over the having snakes perspective. But if you told me that where I went to work, there were two bathrooms and one of them had a snake that was loose in it, I would never go to that bathroom again. And also, by the way, am I the only person who is surprised that a snake can just go underwater and swim around in all these pipes from one part to another and just be popping up from one bathroom to another? And are all of these people working in this business stupid for not realizing that if the snake could go in one bathroom, he could also go in the other bathroom? Like oh, we thought the snake was only in that bathroom, seems like the worst rationale I have ever heard. It makes no sense to me that that would be the rationale that you would bring to play here. You agree? Like, I don't get it. You know what we're going to do? We'll take calls. I'm going to open up the phone, see if the phones work. 877-996-6369. We will take your calls reacting to turd sack and the snake. Lines are loaded. 877-996-6369. Now the phones are going to L.A. Dub, what are you going to do? You literally have nothing to do now. You're just sitting in that 1970s <laughs> studio all by yourself. Like I said, I'm here if you ever need my expert opinion on anything, sports-related or snake-related. This was a big deal. You need to do research on how long snakes can hold their breath because this is also terrifying me that this snake can just swim in the, in the pipes. I'm assuming the pipes thinking, are filled with water. I was thinking we could get a plumber on to explain to us if there's actually water that the snake has to, you know, breathe under or not. Or do you think that does the pipe just become empty? I think that there's that, always water in the pipes. Because that's what they say, you don't open your you know, open your doors when the the pipes freeze or whatever. By the way, why, like I live in Nashville and when it's really cold they say, "Oh, make sure that you know you open your cabinets so the pipes don't freeze." Do people leave their pipes open all the time in Alaska? Do they have special pipes? Wouldn't the pipes freeze all the time in Alaska? It gets cold here relatively infrequently. It's cold, very cold this morning in Nashville. But when they tell me to open the pipes, uh, open the cabinets to make sure the pipes don't freeze, my immediate thought is every time, it's not actually that cold here. Do they have special pipes in Alaska or do they just stay frozen? Anybody ever think about that? No, probably not. That's the kind of things I think about. Uh, we are right here. We have a, uh, Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Here's the other thing I want, and we're probably going to have loaded lines. I want women to call in. Be honest. Would you be impressed if you heard that a man had to get 15 stitches after he was attacked by a snake? Would you not be like, oh, turd sack. I didn't expect it. 877-996-6369. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio.
We got so many different responses rolling in right now. I can't even keep up. I'm going to try to run through a bunch of them. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price and you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And we're brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Uh, not surprisingly, reactions rolling in uh, on Twitter, which actually works, unlike our phone lines. Um, and uh, let's see. I'm going to read some, through uh, some of these uh, some of these answers. Uh, somebody says, the pipes in Alaska are far enough underground they don't freeze in the cold of Alaska. Uh, and then we've got a bunch of explanations about pipes. Uh, plot twist. This is actually good from Zach. The snake didn't swim to the other bathroom. There are actually two snakes or worse, a snake family. No bathroom is safe. Um, that is uh, that is pretty interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, how do you not uh, refer to the snake as the Shawshank uh, snake? Um, yes, uh, <laughs> if you've watched Shawshank, uh, you would know exactly what we're talking about. Red had to swim through everything to, uh, to his freedom. Um, Rand says, I was six years old when I saw a snake in the toilet in Cambodia. I'll tell you what, that's a hell of an opening line for a, for a book uh, out there. You know, uh, if you like first lines of movies or first lines of books, I was six years old when I saw a snake in the toilet in Cambodia. I'm reading the next sentence. Uh, Gotta wonder, Bill asked, once the python gets a taste of human penis, does that make it more likely to attack? Gotta ask the tiger hunter on that. If you didn't remember, if you listened to the show, tiger hunter says, once the tiger gets a taste of human flesh, it develops a taste for it. Is this snake out in the wild now just looking for another penis to bite? He's got the taste. Uh, that's an interesting uh, interesting question. Um, this is, uh, this. there's a lot going on. Uh, was this uh, turd sack guy sitting and peeing? Otherwise, wouldn't the snake have gone after an actual turd? Interesting question there. Um, it'd be a better story if turd sack was bit in the sack um, there, so there's lots of, uh, lots of reactions here, um, and, uh, and phenomenal, uh, feedback as well. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Do we have phone calls to go to Danny G? All right, let's go to Holden in Myrtle Beach. He's a plumber. Holden, how often does this happen? Um, I ain't gonna say it happens a lot. Not down here at least. So the basic part with okay, plumbing, you... but hold on. Let's focus on the snake in the toilet first. You okay. live in Myrtle Beach, down in South Carolina. There's lots of snakes in South Carolina. In your yes, plumbing sir. career, have you ever heard of a snake being in the toilet bowl? Yes. How often? Uh, it it all depends. It's starting to get cold out down here now, so they're going to try to find that warm spot, and sometimes they'll get into the sewer line and crawl up into the toilet. Have you ever heard of anybody being bitten? Okay, so I don't. So the snake gets into the toilet. How does he survive in the water? So your pipes in your drain are not constantly full of water. Okay, it, it's they have air in there, so it's technically the water just slides through and going to the sewer. So the snake would be like if it were living in the pipe, it would have the water like run over it. And yes, then, sir. in theory, like then it would be dry again. Yes, sir. So the snake could they, the snake could just be thinking, "Hey, this is d- just a water," you know? Like I mean, like it, it doesn't. The snake could live in the pipe for a while, basically, until uh, it gets hungry enough to want to find its way back out to eat. Yes. 
which would be theoretically when a human is sitting on the toilet. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to go to the bathroom again. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, thank you for the call, Holden. I don't yes, know sir. that I'm ever going to go to the bathroom again. Dan in North Carolina, what's up? Yeah, first of all, Holden took the word right out of my mouth. Second of all, it is very hard to drive when you're cringing that badly because uh, stitches in the penis would hurt like a mother. And third of all, at least here in North Carolina, it is illegal to kill snakes because you can relocate them. So you might not want to move here because they're just going to drop another snake off when they find it. Yeah, here's the the deal. Take it out to the wild and drop it. Thank you for the call, Dan. If somebody is able to put me in prison for killing a snake, charge me. I am very confident. First of all, I'm a lawyer, so I can stand up and argue for myself in a court of law. If somebody is going to charge me with a crime for killing a snake, good luck convicting me. I would OJ the hell out of that case. Except, well, I guess just like OJ, I would be getting away with murder. Except I would be getting away with snake murder. I, there's 0% chance I could be convicted of killing a snake. You want Any DA in America wants to charge me for killing a snake. You bring those charges, buddy. I will beat them. Ryan in New York, what's up? I live in a place where legitimately four weeks out of the year it is cold enough to freeze our pipes. That might be the best deterrent for a snake, actually, if our pipes do freeze. But two years, or about 10 years ago in a town about 25 miles away, there was a 25-foot python that somebody put out in the snake that had, or that put in the sewer that they actually had to go out and get and still living in my town, so I have the worst threat of it coming through my sewer again. Yeah, well, I, thanks for the call. I actually think that the bigger the snake, it would actually potentially get caught in the pipe, right? Or it would not be able to continue to slither through the pipe. So, in general, that's kind of that's kind of my thought. But this is my issue with snakes in general, is that anybody who keeps a snake as a pet, if you know, if you listen to this show, I've been making this argument for a while, the snake gets away. It always escapes. And people are like, well, I, ha, 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 you know, my snake got out of the cage and I lost it. Like... No, that's not happening. That's why I would never date a girl that owned a snake. Not doing it. There's not a, if you own a snake, I'm not dating you. Turn it, it'd be like, you know, that Simpsons uh, gift that everybody uses where the, the, the grandfather walks into the bar, takes his hat off, and then immediately turns around and <laughs> walks right back out. That would be me if I walked into a house or an apartment and a girl was there and she was living. She was like, hey, well, you ready to go out? I'd be like, hey, that's a snake. I'm turning around and going right back out. I hope you have a good life. Michelle in North Carolina. What's up, Michelle? Hi, Clay. Would you be impressed, Michelle, if you found out that a guy had 15 stitches on his penis? If it was 15 contiguous stitches, yes. But I am thinking since snakes have multiple teeth, there's probably multiple puncture wounds and lacerations. So those are probably 15 um, total stitches. So I've oh. got 15 in a line. Oh, this is actually intriguing. So you're, oh, that you're smarter than me, not surprisingly. So you're thinking <laughs> that it's unlikely that it was one stitch, like uh, all in a line, that it's like, oh, we got to get three here and two there and everything else. Exactly. So That's you, my uh, guess. so turd sack needs to be like, I got 15 stitches in a row. Like when he's exactly. like, how many stitches you if get? I got 15 stitches. In, if he wants to be impressive, yes. And he should be like, the, the the doctor said they've never had to give a man 15 stitches on his penis before. I'm not the kind of guy to brag, exactly. turd sack. Exactly. Uh, he needs to exaggerate the heck out of it. So, as a woman, this means if you were using the bathroom, you would get bit on the butt, right? It How probably, would this, yes. the, 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 In general, assuming that uh, the, the, the biology is as it were, that seems to me to be less threatening. 
Like, it would stink to get bit in the butt if you're a woman, but I would infinitely rather get bit in the butt by a snake than in my, uh, in my uh, genitals. I would have to probably agree with you with that. Uh, thanks for the call. Anything else totally. that, that jumped out at you about this story? Um, no, other than I, anytime I visited Florida when my parents, I mean, when my family was down there, I was always terrified that there would be a snake or a lizard in the toilet. So I always looked and flushed as I was using the toilet because I yeah, was terrified. I, I, I agree with you, but here's the problem. What if the snake comes up after you sit down? See, this is the scary part. Like, you can look beforehand, but what if the snake is like uh, is like a vampire snake and it comes up after you've already sat down and you would have never known? That's what I'm thinking happened to turd sack. Surely, because they had the possibility of a snake being loose in the office, he looked in the toilet bowl before he sat down, and it's a huge snake. What happened was the snake happened to emerge. It was laying in wait. It was like a uh, alligator in the reeds, and it was just waiting for turd sack to be there, and boom, it goes after him. Jose in Fremont, what's up? What's up, brother? Hey, man, this is like, you know how you have your nightmare about waking up and being able to snake? This is equivalent. This is mine. This is always a fear. Every time I use anybody's restroom or any public restroom, this is the back of my head. I've waken up to nightmares about this. The only benefit about getting bit there is the dude might be swollen for a couple of days, so you better take advantage of it. You know what I'm saying? If you're not packing the heat, like I, I like to say. But, uh, yeah, man, and you got to go eight playoff teams in uh, college ball. <laughs> you have to because it might even pique the interest on the West Coast. We've not always been a West, you know, West Coast hasn't always been up on college ball. It might actually pick it up interest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good range. Uh, that's Jose in Fremont. Brian in Indiana. Brian, what's up? Hey, Clay, uh, real quick on, I, I heard you say earlier that uh, if you had snakes at your house and saw one, you'd want to sell it and move. I actually had that story happen to us. We we got a place in the country, great setting. You know, I, I had grown up in the country, so they didn't really bother me. My wife's out in the in the yard in the summer about six months later, sees a couple gardener snakes, you know, not dangerous, anything like that, freaks out, loses her mind. Two weeks later, she's rented an apartment in the city for us. I have to put the house up for sale. We ended up buying another house in the city where the snakes are not at. I'm telling you, she lost it. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that, that is a, that, uh, that's an aggressive move. But you know what? Thanks for the call, Brian. I actually yep. kind of get it. You don't want to be attacked by a snake, even if it's a garter snake, even if the snake's not very serious. Uh, Randy in Palo Alto. What's up, Randy? Not much. Hey, my only reference with sewage would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yes. Amphibious, you know, they could breathe, but there's plenty of air. But um, to the point, um, getting bit in the butt over getting bit in the penis, of course, in the butt. But if you remember Titty Slickers, the movie back in the 90s, who's going to suck the poison out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I can't imagine, like... Again, we got to figure out how to get this guy turd sack on from down in uh, in the Thailand. But this is I can you imagine? This is like the most nightmare fuel thing that I can even contemplate. Where when you stand up from the toilet, there is a gigantic snake attached to your penis, and then you have to fight the snake to get it to let go of your penis. Like I can't even think of how awful this would be. 
I used to think that John Bobbitt, remember John Bobbitt back in the day when his wife, Lorena Bobbitt, cut his penis off and threw it in the bush? And then they found it and reattached the penis. One of the great stories of modern American science. Yeah, but remember they say uh, it's not the same, right? Once that, that happens. I would imagine that it doesn't work as well, but yeah, I think that, John Bobbitt did porn. That you lose after sens- they sensation, his penis. Is a sensation or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't as ideal. Oh, man, that's terrible. But it's also at least ideal for John Bobbitt that they could find the penis after his wife cut it off and threw it into the bush. Can you imagine, like, you're, you're, laying, you're laying there and you're, like, you know, like thinking you're going to die, you're going to bleed out. And they're like, John, do you remember where he, where she threw the penis? And he's like, I'm pretty sure it was in that bush. It's like lurking for a golf ball. And I got all these cops walking around. They're like, I can't find it. As if it were not bad enough to get your penis cut off, insult to injury, they can't find it. It was like, I don't know. I can't find it anywhere. I'm looking everywhere. He says it's right here. I can't find it. But I think they reattached his penis, and I think he then starred in a porn movie. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, Tim in West Virginia. What's up, Tim? Hey, how you doing, Clay? Excellent. Hey, um, you talked earlier about, you know, oh, my gosh, 15 stitches. That's big. The only thing is stitches are only about four millimeters apart, and that only comes to about 2.4 inches. Are you a doc? Are you a doctor? No, but I looked it up on the Boston University Medical Center site. So you're saying 15 stitches only covers 2.4 inches? Uh, just about. I see. I'm thinking of stitches a, as being each suture. It says each suture is four millimeters apart. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for the call. Thanks for looking that up. Charlotte is a nurse in the ER. Charlotte, what's the most stitches you've ever seen put into a man's penis? No, I'm a nurse in a surgery center so uh, where we do surgery all day, and I agree with that man that just spoke. It's not very many, and especially for that type of skin on the, on the penis, the shaft, you're, it's going to be not very long at all, and probably chances are he's not that big anyway. So really and truly, it's not very many sutures for that type of where, the, where that area that's so vascular that can bleed so easy. So you're a nurse in the ER. What would be a number of stitches on the penis where you would be like, wow, that's really impressive? I would think like 30 or so. Uh, okay. Well, I try to give so Turd Sack some credit I'm not an ER here. nurse. I'm, I'm a surgery center nurse where there, we do operations and do, uh, you know, we're doing surgeries all day. So I don't think that's very much at all. And chances are he's not really that big anyway. Oh, so you're just taking a shot at him because he's from Thailand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you call in, Charlotte, nurse from ER, calls in and just off the top rope comes after all men from Thailand. So let me ask, uh, let me ask this on top of that. Uh, what's the worst, like not worst, like, oh, it was awful to see, the most unfortunate thing that you've ever seen in the ER? Like you're like, I can't believe that somebody got injured in this way. Because usually ER people see all sorts of ridiculous things happen. Uh, you really want me to say? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, never forget, uh, x-rays going around. This is way back in the eighties and the x-ray going around and, uh, the ER doctor asked him, what do you think this is? And it was a light bulb up in the rectum. Somebody put a rect, a light bulb in their rectum. A light bulb up in their rectum. That's an amazing story. Charlotte, you need to call more often. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye. Might be the call of the year. Wow. Light bulb in the rectum. Don't know how that could be enjoyable. Seems dangerous because light bulbs are glass, right? Got to be tough to go into the doctor's office and say, yes, I've got a light bulb that's stuck in my rectum.
This is OutKick. Uh, we'll continue to take your calls. Also, Dan Wetzel's going to join us unless he decides that he's been listening for the last couple of hours and he's like, I can't go on that show. Uh, and we're going to talk about the college football playoff. Eddie, uh, oh yeah, we got to get an update from Eddie. Eddie, any uh, light bulbs in the rectum in the world of sports going on right now? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> not that if I know of. If it were going to happen that somebody was going to miss a game because of a light bulb in the rectum, it would be Andy Dalton, wouldn't it? <laughs> I hadn't really given if it much thought. If you had to pick but, uh, an NFL quarterback who was going to miss a game because he had a light bulb in the rectum, I just think it would be Andy Dalton. Uh that's an interesting uh, selection. I, I don't know who. I haven't given it I'm much I'm just saying thought. it would be Andy Dalton right. because he's always hurt. Yeah. And also because he always seems to get hurt in ridiculous fashions. And also because it's the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think Bengals fans would be like, oh, of course our quarterback's got a rectum stuck in his – in his, uh, got a light bulb stuck in his rectum. Of course. Now we're never going to beat the Steelers. <laughs> I, I understand your logic, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. This report is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. College football playoff rankings are out. Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, and Georgia is at number 4. Oklahoma checks in at number 5, and Ohio State at 6. The first two teams on the outside looking in. But we could have some movement this weekend. Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC title game. And matter of fact, all these teams, except for Notre Dame, will be in action in their conference title games. NBA game of the night. Raptors beat the Grizzlies 122-114 with Toronto now a league-best 18-4 and on the year. Top 25 college basketball, number 3, Duke beat Indiana 90-69. And we had a couple upsets. Louisville over 9th-ranked Michigan State 82-78. And Penn State edges 13th-ranked Virginia Tech 63-62. The NHL season continues tonight with the Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the San Jose Sharks at 7.30 Eastern. It's our Discover card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We'll continue to take your calls 877-996-6369. We'll finish off the uh, uh, the hour talking about all the crazy uh, ridiculousness of hour two our boy turd sack getting attacked by the snake while going to the bathroom in thailand then at the top of hour three we'll talk about the college football playoff this is outkick the coverage on fox sports radio be sure to catch live editions of outkick the coverage with clay travis weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. It's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. Go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 20% savings. Charlotte in the e- from the ER. That was from the rafters. That was from the mezzanine. I think she just took out all of Asia. Most savage call ever in terms of the overall victims. No regard for human life from Charlotte. It's right up there. I'm trying to think of a call we've had that has been more devastating to a subcontinent of people. Not sure it's ever happened. Charlotte, just, I mean, that is the flying elbow. That is the Hulk Hogan leg drop back in the day. Charlotte from the ER. No mercy. No respect for you fools. Uh, Doug in in Georgia. What's up, Doug? Hey, uh, I was hiking on the Appalachian Trail about 10 years ago with a group of uh, scouts. Had a call in nature one morning, and uh, 
went out and dug a hole up by uh, Blood Mountain. And when I went to do my business, uh, I looked down after I had uh, let the brown snake loose, and uh, there was a uh, green with a yellow striped snake kind of snuggling up to it. And it kind of freaked me out, if you know what I mean. So you were close to getting bit. Well, I don't know if I was getting bit. He was kind of cuddling up and trying to stay warm <laughs> against tough my life. pile. You know? <laughs> yeah, tough life for a snake. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the call. And it thanks was for the Lorena call. Bobbitt. Lorena Bobbitt was the gal's name. Yeah, she's the one who cut off the penis of John Bobbitt. Did anybody look up? Thanks for the call. Uh, Dub, did you look up John Bobbitt? You're doing nothing else. You can't answer phone calls. You might as well do research on John Bobbitt. Do we know if John Bobbitt's still alive? I believe he's still with us. Is he still with us? Yeah. I, I would bet that he has a Wikipedia page. That was yeah, a, he's, 51, he's 51 years old. 51 years old. What does he do for a living? It says his, his uh, profession is a pornographic film actor. Still. Um, yeah, I remember that he made porn after that, after his penis was reattached. Um, talk about a comeback. He's talking about porn comeback player of the year. I don't know that it, like everybody's like, oh, you know, who's going to comeback player of the year going to be this year? Um, I don't think there's any doubt that the all-time greatest comeback in the history of porn has to be John Bobbitt coming back from his penis being cut off to star in a porn movie. Like he should win the comeback player of the year award for every year in perpetuity. Just like if somebody had their leg sawed off and then they came back and they ended up being a really good basketball player, that guy's got to be comeback player of the year every year. The guy who like the guy who used to run, remember the blade guy? What was his name? Oscar Pistorius. Isn't he in prison now for killing his uh fiance? Yeah. It was such a happy story until he killed that girl. Uh the guy, the blade runner, um, I mean, he was from South Africa and he was incredible. He should become like player of the year until he killed somebody and he has to go to prison. I think he's in prison right now, still. Tough break. Uh all right. We are going to an hour three, circle back around on the college football playoff rankings being released. And uh, I will kind of set the table for you guys in advance of Dan Wetzel joining us. But we can also take some calls on that at the top of hour two. Because earlier when our phones weren't working in Nashville and we had to reroute them to L.A., we had a lot of people waiting who wanted to talk about this subject, which is what we started the show with. 877-996-6369, which is this question. Uh, And Dan Wetzel is going to join us from Yahoo Sports to talk about this in hour three as well. I have been arguing for a while that the conference title games make no sense. Alabama's playing Georgia. Doesn't matter who wins from Alabama's perspective. They're already in the playoff. You have Clemson playing Pittsburgh. The only thing that can happen for Clemson is they can lose to Pittsburgh and potentially lose their playoff picture, uh, lose their place in the playoff, even though they have nothing to gain really by beating Pittsburgh because we already know Clemson was the best team in the ACC all year. Seven and five Pittsburgh, even if they beat Clemson, is nowhere near the actual ACC champ. Northwestern, they lost to Duke, they lost to Notre Dame, and amazingly, they lost to Akron. They are not the best team in the Big Ten this year. Ohio State is. That's why we play the season, and in particular, The Big Ten East has Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State. All the best teams in the Big Ten are in the Big Ten East. Every team that is currently ranked in the Big Ten is from the Big Ten East, except for Northwestern, which is 8-4. and And also, as if that were not enough, the Pac-12 title game doesn't matter at all. 
the Big 12 title game really doesn't matter either because Texas lost to Maryland and they lost to Oklahoma State and they lost to West Virginia. They're not the best team in the Big 12. We already know that, even though they beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma went 11-1. and They played nine conference games, and they went 8-1. and They're the champs. Yet we're playing a Big 12 title game that doesn't matter at all. So, by the way, I started to talk all about the college football playoff. We'll continue to unpack this at the top of Hour 3, but when I see that Alex in Ohio has an ER story, I got to go to him. Alex, what you got? Hey, how you guys doing? Um, real quick, my wife's a, uh, a nurse at Ohio State Wexner, and it's actually she um, had an inmate come in because it's a state-ran hospital, and I guess it's uh, like a, a, a gang-related type deal where they stick dominoes up in their penis. So when they, she was getting them ready for like an MRI, they had the question of, hey, do you have anything in your body that, you know, for an object or anything like that, like metal? And he was like, uh, I kind of do. And they're like, well, where is it? He's like, it's in my penis. He's like, uh, okay. Like, what is it? Like, is it a piercing or something? He's like, no, it's a, it's a domino. And sure enough, the guy had a domino shoved up in his penis. That can't and possibly be a, true. What do they do that no, for? I don't know. I actually looked up a, an article to see if it was true. And it's a gang-related type deal. And sure enough. Um, if you if you Google it, Domino up in the penis as a gang-related thing, it, uh, an article will come up on it. So I didn't believe it but until I saw that article. So that's true. Uh, that's all I know. That sounds like but, the worst thing ever. I don't even know how, I, how it would also be physically possible. I have no idea either, but you guys have a great day. Thanks for the call. I, I don't know how the physics on that works. Sounds awful. Sounds painful. Very. And also potentially really dangerous. I don't know. I'll Google it during the break. I'd tell the guys in the studios to get Google it, but I'm sure their internet's not working. Uh, when we return, Dan Wetzel's going to join us. We'll also dive into the college football playoff rankings. They are out. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this Reuben Foster uh, business. I don't. It's such a serious story. I felt like it kind of kills the vibe of the show. So I'll think about it. I'll try to decide if I want to talk about Reuben Foster getting claimed by the Washington Redskins or not. Uh, this is Outkick the Coverage. Appreciate all you guys hanging with us. Uh, Dan Wetzel will join us, Yahoo Sports National columnist. Diving into the college football playoff next on Outkick. Welcome back. Final hour, Wednesday edition, Outkick the Coverage. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. I see there's two pretty big stories as uh, many of you wake up across the country. One, and I'm curious, and this is kind of, a, it's not kind of, it is a serious story. I'm curious whether or not this is going to continue to grow and turn into a bigger story. We haven't talked much about Reuben Foster, uh, San Francisco 49er linebacker, high draft pick, who uh, obviously has had a very tumultuous off-the-field existence since he got to the NFL. Um, But uh, he was arrested last week for um, uh, domestic violence, and it follows another issue that he had for domestic violence, uh, with the San Francisco 49ers, they basically said, hey, uh, you know, you're dealing with a zero tolerance situation going forward. 
and then we had the decision made by the uh, by the Washington Redskins last yesterday afternoon evening to grab Reuben Foster after he was released by the San Francisco 49ers. And the Redskins said, and they released a statement. I'm going to try to pull that statement up if I can here. Um, and uh, they basically said that uh, they made the decision. Uh, they said, quote, uh, and this is their statement, uh, the Redskins fully understand the severity of the recent allegations made against Reuben. If true, you can be sure that these allegations are nothing our organization would ever condone. Let me be clear, Ruben will have to go through numerous steps, including the full legal process and investigation and potential discipline from the NFL, as well as meetings with counselors associated with the team before he will ever have the opportunity to wear the burgundy and gold as a player. Uh, that's Senior Vice President of Player Personnel Doug Williams. Uh, Washington was the only team to put in a waiver claim for uh, Ruben Foster. And remember, the 49ers took Foster in the first round of the 2017 draft. Um, and uh, there is uh, there are certainly a lot of issues. The Redskins have four defensive players who played with Foster at Alabama, uh, including Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Ryan Anderson, and Sean Dion Hamilton. Their insight helped to uh, make the organization make this decision, and they said, quote, we decided to investigate the situation with Ruben further by claiming his rights after candid conversations with a number of his ex-Alabama teammates and current Redskin players who were overwhelmingly supportive of us taking this chance. Nothing is promised to Ruben, but we are hopeful uh, being around so many of his former teammates and friends will eventually provide him with the best possible environment to succeed both personally and professionally. We didn't talk about this on the show uh, because there were so many other stories coming out of the weekend, but he was arrested in Tampa on Saturday night 24 hours before the 49ers uh, faced the Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa police said Foster and a woman got involved in a verbal altercation and that he slapped her phone out of her hand, pushed her in the chest area, and slapped her with an open hand on the left side of her face. They said they found a one-inch scratch on her collarbone. Uh, according to the arrest report, the woman is pressing charges, uh, and uh, she she is the woman that he has been involved uh, off and on with for about three years, and it wasn't their first domestic incident. Uh, on February 11th, he was arrested on suspicion of domestic violence and possession of an assault rifle, uh, and uh, all these stories, the domestic violence charge was dropped when this woman uh, recanted her allegations that he hit her, uh, he pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor weapons charge and was given two years of probation and banned from possessing guns during that time. Uh, he also served a two-game suspension to start the season. And uh, this is messy, right? This is messy, uh, and and Foster has had a lot of issues. He failed a drug test at the 2017 NFL Combine. And remember, he was also sent home early after getting into an argument with a hospital worker and uh, he has top 10 talent. I mean, I think that's uh, the idea in general. But he fell all the way to the 31st pick in uh, the first round. San Francisco 49ers took him. He uh, finished, uh, he had 72 tackles in his first season. And he hasn't played uh, that much so far this season, uh, honestly. So this is, a, uh, this is a messy situation in general. And I always feel like, Everybody deserves a second chance. And oftentimes, we all get third chances. I think a lot of people out there, when they hear about Reuben Foster, they're thinking to themselves, my God, like, how could you put yourself in this situation again? And what kind of toxic relationship is he involved in with this woman 
that she pressed charges against him back in May, then said she made it up, and now she is pressing charges against him again, and he has been arrested and kicked off of his team. I, it just sounds like Reuben Foster has got some major issues in his life right now, and one of them is certainly related to this woman. And if all of your problems are coming over and over again uh, from the same relationship – I don't think it's – I mean, I, I, I think this is crazy. Like, part of life is having people who you can rely on to give you advice. But if you're in a toxic relationship, both parties need to get out of the toxic relationship. And it seems to me to be very clear, based on all the stories that we have read about this relationship, that it's toxic. These two should never be around each other anymore. Um, and I think this could turn into a bigger issue – because the NFL wants to claim, oh, we're taking domestic violence really seriously. And then the Washington Redskins go out and they sign Reuben Foster after he's been arrested for a second domestic violence incident in the last six months. Now, this also goes to what I always say. So long as your talent exceeds your problems, you will always be employed. And Reuben Foster is a very talented linebacker that a lot of different NFL teams are willing to take risks with. And this is a function of how talented he is, more so than it's a problem with his, the more so than it's a function of his problems. So this is a story that is out there, probably should be aware of it as you wake up across uh, the country. I think that it's likely that this story could move beyond the world of sports because of the domestic violence connections, because of the NFL's own blind spots when it comes to domestic violence, this, to many people, is going to be seen as how little seriousness the NFL actually treats issues of domestic violence, that Reuben Foster, who was suspended already this year for domestic violence, would get involved in another domestic violence incident. Now, this woman is also not coming to the, the, the authorities with clean hands herself because she has said that she made up all of the allegations against him back in May. Is that true? I have no idea. But now she's saying that he did something to her again. How do we know 100% that this is true if this woman has already been proven or at least said to authorities, I lied about past allegations of domestic violence? This is a messy situation. And I think the easiest solution here would be, honestly, if this couple weren't around each other anymore. What about you guys? I mean, does this strike all of you as queasy as it does me for the Washington Redskins to step in and grab him a couple of days after this latest arrest? Yeah, this this is not good for the NFL. I, this is This is also one of these things where I feel like the Washington Redskins, who's advising them? I mean, look, and they're, they they run a business and they can make the decision that they believe Reuben Foster is an employee that deserves to be in, to, in, compensated and employed by them, right? He deserves to be claimed on their rosters. But they have to know how ugly it's possible that this story is going to become, right? And so is everything is about risk-reward. Everything is about talent versus problems in life in general whether you're hiring employees or whether you're making a decision about whether to buy a stock or whether you're buying a home, everything ultimately comes down to analyzing risk-reward. How would you make the decision to do this at this point in time? 
I mean, obviously the Redskins, they talked to the to his former teammates at Alabama. They look at his talent. They did the due, due diligence on him when he came out in the 2017 draft. They loved him. He fell all the way to 31 in the first round before John Lynch and the San Francisco 49ers grabbed him. But you have to know how big of a story this is potentially going to come become if you are Dan Snyder in the Washington Redskins, right? And I could foresee a situation where this story becomes big enough that the Washington Redskins say, you know what, we're going to drop him and we're going to you know, stop our, our waiver claim on him. But is this really the move that you want to make if you're the Washington Redskins and you're about to uh, go into the final five weeks of the season? The guy's not playing. So it's not as if he's going to take the field and, and perform for you at all. Could you not wait till the end of the season, see more details of this case to come out, and then try to sign him as a free agent. I think if he passes through waivers, then he's free to sign with anybody at that point in time. Could you not do your due diligence in the off season, and then if you really think he deserves another chance, bring him back in for training camp next year and see whether he can stay out of trouble in the off season? That seems to me to be an easy solution to make here. If you really think he's that good, you can sign him as a free agent once he passes waivers. The other 31 NFL teams didn't put in a claim for him. I just, I, I, it just, it feels like an ugly and queasy situation that the NFL in general probably was hoping that he was not going to be claimed. And I think certainly if I were advising the Redskins, I would say I think this is probably a situation where the risk is more substantial than the reward, particularly given the fact that you're not going to use him at all this year. Doesn't mean I don't think people deserve second chances or third chances or fourth chances. And Lord knows Reuben Foster has gotten a bunch of chances already. Everything has gone awry, it seems to me, in his life in many respects since he left Alabama. I don't know how Alabama kept him out of trouble and suddenly he gets into the pros and he falls apart, starting with getting into arguments at nurses at his medical exam. But this is an ugly situation. And I don't think there's an easy solution in terms of what should happen to Reuben Foster going forward. But I do know if I were running an NFL team, this is probably not the move that I would want to make. This is not the message I would want to send to the larger Washington, D.C. community. It's certainly not the message I would want to send in the middle of a season when we still have five games left and we still think we have a chance to make the playoffs. Why create this mess of, mess of a situation? It just doesn't make sense. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk college football playoff with Dan Wetzel. Uh, and also, you should know, using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. With True Price from TrueCar, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. The True Price includes all dealer fees and accessories. TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident and your certified dealers know this. So they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. Over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. There are over 15,000 TrueCar Certified Dealers nationwide. TrueCar users save an average of over three grand off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. The college football playoff rankings came out last night. What did we learn? Who's going to make the playoff? And what should the future of college football look like? We'll talk about that next with Dan Wetzel here on Fox Sports Radio. Christmas music. We got another month of this. Get geared up. Welcome back. This is the Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want 
so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience going to be joined with dan by dan wetzel of yahoo sports talk college football playoff a little bit here momentarily but first eddie garcia what you got for me well we start with college football the latest playoff rankings are out alabama's one clemson two notre dame three and georgia now moves into the four spot replacing michigan who lost big to ohio state last week oklahoma is the first team out of the top four at number five, Ohio State checks in at number six. All those teams will be in action this weekend in their conference title games, including Alabama and Georgia going head-to-head in the SEC. And uh, Notre Dame, the only team that uh, will not have a postseason game because they're not in the conference. Their regular season's over. In the NBA, was the Raptors beating the Grizzlies 122-114. to Toronto now league best 18-4 and on the year. Lakers lose to the Nuggets 117-85. to LeBron James just 14 points in that loss for L.A. College basketball, number three, Duke rolls over Indiana 90 to 69. A couple upsets in the top 25. Louisville beats number nine Michigan State 82 to 78. And Penn State edges number 13 Virginia Tech 63-62. The NHL season continues tonight with the Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the San Jose Sharks at 7:30 Eastern. It's our Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com/slash/match. Limitations apply. Back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Covered Studios. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick Studio. And you should know that we are coming here live, as we always are, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Dan Wetzel, best national columnist in the country. He works at Yahoo Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Wetzel. Thank you for waking up early this morning with us. And, Dan, you wrote a column. It's something you and I have agreed with for a long time. But before we even get to that, I want to ask you about a tough situation, tough story that I think is going to spiral into a bigger story likely today, potentially even involving other uh, people outside the arena of sports. The the Washington Redskins decided to claim Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster was arrested again for domestic violence over the weekend before the San Francisco 49ers were set to play against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you surprised? Do you think it will be a story that moves outside of the realm of sports and turns into a bigger story? Uh, you know, nothing uh, nothing quite surprised me. I think I was surprised that it was done so quickly. Yeah. I, I think that was maybe it. It's more like he just got released because, you know, he fumbled a couple, you know, or blew a couple assignments. Um, you know, the issue with Ruben is it's not, you know, the first time. Yeah, and so uh, you know, you you, you want to be fair to people, and and give them the benefit of the doubt. And he had one allegation retracted, and and there's always been some some deep just stuff going on with him. But the idea is the Redskins would roll through, and then I think I just read like the Eagles called the Tampa police and tried to find out what went on. The the Tampa police said the Redskins never bothered calling. Uh, you know, I just. I, you know, like Ray Rice wasn't that long ago where you want to try to investigate. And so uh, I also think because it's in Washington, it becomes a bigger, a bigger deal uh, than if this was, you know, I don't know, whatever, Minnesota or something like that. And so it could, it certainly could. I guess nothing surprises me anymore, but you just wonder what was the risk reward on this uh, and, and what was the rush? You know, is Reuben Foster going to, you know, I, I, they lost their quarterback. I know they're trying to stay their head above water here, but man, that's, a, that's a big risk to take Reuben Foster and then just go with this statement. They literally misspelled Doug Williams' name in the statement. 
And then it's sort of basically like, well, we asked his teammates who used to play with him at Alabama, and they all said he's a good guy, and we got a lot of those guys around, so it'll be okay. Like, that's just a uh, profound misunderstanding of how domestic violence occurs. Like, you know, oh, you work with a bunch of your buddies? Okay, that, stop, that solves them. You know, that's not how it works. So um, I think we'll see. You might be, you might be on to something that this blows up big. We'll see what happens, but I want to, we talked about it in the last uh, segment, so I want to mention it uh, with you here as we were starting as well because I know that's the kind of story you'll end up covering. All right, yeah. you deserve credit, I think, more than anybody in the media for blowing up the existing BCS structure and getting us a four-team playoff. For people who don't know, uh, you wrote a book, and, I, and the, the name of the book was pretty simple. It was what? Death to the BCS. Death to the BCS, which actually ended up happening. Killed your book fatwa. sales. I waged a fatwa against yes. the BCS. And you have pointed out, and you and I have been on this uh, this train for a while now too, that college football divisions make no sense and that all too often college football title games make zero sense as well. And in fact, instead of having college football title game weekend with an ACC game between Clemson and Pittsburgh that doesn't matter and a uh, Pac-12 game between Washington, uh, Washington and uh, Utah. Utah that doesn't matter and a, a Big Ten title game between – uh, Northwestern and Ohio State that doesn't matter and frankly by and large a game between Ohio, uh, between Georgia and Alabama you lay out all the permutations we've talked about this a lot on uh, the show that by and large we already know who the champ of a conference is that's why we play the regular season that it would make more sense to just seed an 18 playoff and roll with it right the problem with expanding the playoff is two twofold one you know more games for the players safety issue, all of that, and I, I'm uh, sympathetic to that. And B is the schedule. Where do you fit this weekend in? But what you have to look at is this weekend is the start of the playoffs. This is the postseason. This is not the regular season anymore. And this is what they choose to have as week one of their playoffs. Now, if you come in here, if you went to another country and someone tried to explain this system to you, you would be baffled that this is the first week of a playoff. Or if you went to your kid's uh, Little League uh, tournament somewhere or a soccer tournament or whatever, and they said, this is how we do it. It's nuts. Okay, first off, look at the standings. Alabama won the, S- the SEC. They were undefeated. Georgia has a loss. Clemson won the, uh, the ACC. Uh, Oklahoma won the Big 12. Washington won the Pac-12. Central Florida won the, uh, the Atlantic. Uh, or the, uh, whatever they're calling it, AAC, the AAC. Yeah. Um, and technically there is a tie between Northwestern and, and Ohio State, but there are like 100 tiebreakers that go in favor of Ohio State, and other than love of the color purple, nothing goes in favor of Northwestern. So we have already determined who the champion is. We're staging a game for, for money. That's it. It's like the conference basketball tournaments, which are fun, make a buck, but they're pointless. They're useless. Who cares? Duke wins it. Duke doesn't. They're a one seed. This is the same thing. This weekend, there are four teams. There's certainly three, but there are four, I believe, that can either lose or not play in the terms of Notre Dame and advance out of the first round of the postseason. There are nine teams that can win and not advance. That's your playoff, okay? Alabama needs to lose by 50 points or something not to get into this. Clemson would have to lose by at least 20. I think if Georgia loses, like, on a late kick, it would be a miracle because that meant Alabama made a kick. But 
they might still be in. Notre Dame doesn't even have to play. Last year, Alabama didn't even play. The year before, Ohio State couldn't play. These games are pointless. Okay, instead of doing this and having Clemson play a seven and five team and 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 have Ohio State try to score seventy five points against Northwestern in hopes of winning an argument with Oklahoma, just play four games. Alabama uh, hosts. And you have it at home, make it even better. Alabama hosts Washington in the first round. Clemson hosts UCF. Ohio State goes to Notre Dame. Oklahoma goes to Georgia. Four games. If that was our weekend coming up, the country would be obsessed with excitement over what was coming. That would be the greatest four stretch. You could play one Friday night, triple header Saturday, something like that. It would be unbelievable. People, could UCF pull this off? Could, oh, my God, Ohio State, Notre Dame, at under the dome for a playoff game? It would be huge. Instead, we leak into this thing with this absurdity where you're going, eh, uh, Alabama can lose and still make it. Clemson can, like, what? Like, why do we do this? Nobody in their right mind would choose the current over what I just proposed. And what I proposed would make everybody way more money. All right, so what do you think the odds are of this ever happening? I agree with you. I think it would make college football better. And by the way, before we even get to that, you, you're talking about the difficulty of explaining things. I was watching the LSU-Texas A&M seven-overtime game with my 10-year-old on Saturday night. And yep. uh, I let him stay up late with me and watch it. And we were obviously uh, ra- enraptured by that game. It was a phenomenal awesome. television event. Uh, and I said, you know, well, he was asking me questions about, like, how often do games go to this many overtimes, things like that, and I said, well, you know, there hasn't been an overtime in college football for very long, and he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, college football used to have a lot of games and did ties, and he said, what are you talking about, Dad? There used to be ties in college football? I was like, oh, yeah, ties happen all the time, and I said, "Um, and also, you know, there used to be ties for who the champion was and he was like what do you mean and he said I said well there used to be these things called polls and there were different polls and people would vote on who they thought the best team was and sometimes one poll would think one thing and another poll would think another thing and there's all these different champions that would exist and his mind was blown and then I said and then they got into this thing called the BCS where they had these quartiles and like if you try to explain to it is really fun to think about if you try to explain to like a 10 year old what the last 15 or 20 years of college football was like they have no like they can't even understand it because it's so absurdly ridiculous how we went through to pick a college football champion and so right. now the four-team playoff, like, okay, I understand that. Four teams make the playoff. Whoever wins, wins it. The eight-team playoff would also make a lot of sense. Will it happen? Yeah, explain, try explaining this weekend. So what yeah. happens if Clemson loses by, by six? Oh, they're still in. What if Pitt wins? Oh, they're not in. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah it's like, Grandpa, tell us when you used to ride a horse to school. It's really uh, fun. Your example of it, like imagine if you went to a uh, like any little league, soccer, flag football, you know, baseball or anything else, and you're like, okay, we're going to start the postseason, but we're going to play all these games in the postseason that only matter if the best teams lose. You'd be like, there's no reason for the best teams to play. No, we're not going to do that. Like imagine that. If you said you- to somebody, if you were like the ACC and you went to them and you said, hey, uh, you know, whatever team in your league is Clemson. Hey, Clemson, 
hey, uh, you know, like the Kansas City Royals and and, and ten year old baseball in uh, in you know Topeka. Uh, you guys went fourteen and zero this year, but. Now we're going to go into the postseason. We're going to play this tournament. And the way we're going to start the tournament is you're going to play the team that finished ninth in your conference. But if you lose to them, then your season is over and they don't get to advance. The team in Topeka, Kansas, would be like, wait a minute, we're not going to play. Why would we do that? No, it makes no sense. Welcome to college football. Except they can lose. Yeah, ex- exactly. Okay, so like, like, like never literally, play. Like, the guy wouldn't allow his team to play. He'd be like, this is absurd. Yeah, We're not doing this. I'm not doing this. This is, this is a fix. You're tricking me. Yeah. No, this is stupid, okay? Like, this is – all the debates are over. All the eight teams are in. Now, the best you can sit there and go, well, you know, Washington has three losses. They don't deserve to be in. Uh, they don't deserve a shot at the national – they don't have a shot at the national title. And, by the what way, right now – reward Alabama with an easier opponent. Yeah, right now the way it would be done, let's say you used the college football playoff committee to seed this, right? So you use their rankings. It would be, based on last night's rankings, number one Alabama against number eight UCF, number two Clemson against number seven Michigan, number three Notre Dame. You've got to give automatic bids to the leagues. That's the only way you're getting this thing done. Because you've got to have the fact. Three and six in Georgia, Oklahoma. And UCF gets in because they're you could give like an undefeated power six and but it it, it you also bring in home field advantage you make more money yeah all Alabama Clemson Notre Dame and Georgia would all host home uh, playoff right. games which would make getting to the top important right now it doesn't matter whether Alabama is the one seed or the four seed they get to choose what uniform they wear. Yeah, in fact, let me talk about that for a sec because I want to go back to the whether this will ever happen. There's actually a debate going on right now about where Alabama would play. You mentioned there's not much difference between being the, the one pick, yeah. or the four seed. They don't want to play. The expectation has been that Alabama would go to Dallas and play in the Cotton Bowl in Jerry World. But if Oklahoma, which seems potentially going to happen, ends up the four seed, they wouldn't want Oklahoma people to be able to drive down to Dallas as easily, so they would go play in Miami. But the practical impact, by and large, is Zero. that it doesn't really matter, right, whether Alabama yeah. is the one or the four. They're just playing a neutral site game in Miami. And in fact, I bet that Alabama would rather play Notre Dame. This is my bet. I bet they would rather play Notre Dame if they got to pick their opponent than they would Oklahoma because I think Oklahoma is more explosive personally, offensively, could be a better challenge. But your point is well taken that right now the seeding really doesn't matter very much. No, it's like it doesn't matter. So give them a home game. Give them – I don't know. It's just it's 100% better. It makes more money, all of that stuff. Again, think about how jacked you'd be. And imagine, you know, Ohio State – at Notre Dame anchoring this weekend. And, and then it makes sense to people where it's like, okay, everybody wins and moves up. And, you know, what if UCF, you know, kept it, cl- kept it close? Like, you think people get excited when, like, you know, Maryland, Baltimore County beats Virginia? Nobody even cares about college basketball when they get excited. Like, if, it, if you had a football game and all of a sudden UCF's playing Clemson or Alabama or whatever – and it's close in that fourth quarter. Holy cow, right? It would be unreal. Yeah, not and, only that, because we root for Cinderella's in college basketball, but unlike in college basketball, like UMBC is not going to win the NCAA tournament, right? No. If, if you get game. into the – it's an eight-team playoff. If you get into an eight-team playoff and you win one game, 
you could certainly find a situation or a scenario where somebody like UCF could get hot and win three straight games. It's a lot easier to win three straight than it is to win six straight. Um, so what do you It'd think the odds hard, is happening? They could do it. But they could do it, yeah, and then you prove it. Anyway, there isn't any doubt there's better. There's no downside. This was a dead weekend. This weekend will be completely unsatisfying, as it normally is. Now, it doesn't mean Alabama-Georgia is a fun game, but it doesn't make sense. Right. Any, every, Red River shootout, too. I mean, who's, who, Texas and Oklahoma can play every week, I'd watch. Right? It's great. So it's, that's not necessarily the thing. But now, as for would this happen, not, not soon. As long as you have the older commissioners – in place. Delaney of the Big Ten, John Swafford, Bob Bowlesby. Those guys aren't even contemplating this stuff. Like I, I don't know that fans really realize how little the commissioners are even care about this stuff. Like Ohio State fan is ready to pull its hair out because they're going, wait, we could go twelve and one and not make it. Right? That's an outrage. A twelve and one Ohio State Big Ten champ should be in the playoff. Okay? And they got an argument there. Jim Delaney's like, every year I go down to Indianapolis the night before I get a big steak at St. Elmo's. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, I got a big hotel suite. And, like, there's no problem with this thing. Like, they aren't trying to fix because they don't even know there's a problem. Where the regular fans sitting at home are going, why am I going to this game? Or, you know, I mean, the Pac-12 game of about 12,000 people at it. No one's going to watch it. Like, those things don't really matter to these commissioners. So, but. There is almost like your son looks at you and goes, how could this have ever happened? There is a, a lot of athletic directors and associate commissioners and TV guys who are in their 40s, maybe 50s or 30s that are like, we can do better. Why wouldn't we try to improve? Why don't we do something for the good of the game and not just sit there and go, hey, this is great. I get to, we have a big, we got a championship game, then we go to Rose Bowl for Christmas. It's great. You know, this is good times. Uh, there's someone sitting there saying, we need to maximize what we're doing here, and we can do this. And, you know, what's really exciting is giving people a product that they want uh, the way the NFL does. Because the NFL runs a playoff. <laughs> it's the biggest, it, it is the single biggest entertainment event in the country, and it keeps getting bigger because the thing makes sense. And college football looks at that and goes, yeah, we don't want any part of that. Let's do the exact opposite. The money could be huge because right huge. now, every year, the college football playoff brings in uh, north of $600 million. If, and that's three games, right? The two semifinal games yeah. and the championship game. If you added four games to the college football playoff, you're probably talking about another six or $700 million at a bare minimum meaning you would double the amount of money that the playoff would make, meaning you would double the amount of money that the schools and the conferences could make. I don't know about you, but when I hear and I run any th kind of business and I think I can make twice as much, I probably am going to do that, right? Like, that's the There's entire purpose of too. business. Like, let's say you're Alabama, okay? Rather than go to Atlanta for the weekend and have all your boosters, all, everyone's got to go to Atlanta and spend money. You're going to go to the game, you're going to drop – uh, not just on tickets, but like on hotel and travel and all that. And all of your disposable income of your fans goes into Atlanta. Or, it, or it's going to go to Charlotte. And then you got to go to Miami or Dallas also. Put the game in Tuscaloosa. Bigger stadium. Bigger prices because the game means more every year. Okay? you got got 100,000 seats. And now it's another day where Birmingham and Tuscaloosa make all the money. The hotel rooms are there. 
your, your alums don't have to spend $1,000 traveling to go to the game. Um, it, you are hosting a game. It is, you get the game in your historic stadium. Nobody sits at, nobody's ever been to an NFL. People go, oh, wait, uh, you can't play playoffs at home? Like, have you seen the NFL? Like, I, I, I cover the NFL all up. No one's ever been at a game at Lambeau or Gillette or Heinz Field and said, I really wish this thing, I'd spent 1500 bucks and been, been at the Alamo Dome right now. Like, you know, like, it's, it's way better. The best thing college football has is its stadiums, practice. And a like, huge part, I think you're, you're 100% right about that, as well as a huge part of NFL discussion is who's going to get home field, right? Going to Foxborough and beating the Patriots is hard. Going to Tuscaloosa and beating Nick Saban would be almost impossible. Right, and that's why you then add drama to who's getting into fourth, who's getting into third. People are like, well, it'll make the regular season not matter because it's easier to get in. It really isn't easy to get in. Okay, look at those teams. The only team that had a kind of easy way was the, was Washington because the league stinks. Everyone yeah. else has got one loss. That's it. And we're splitting I absolutely hairs. Love it. You're going to end up splitting hairs. So it's still going to be hard. But then you're sitting there going, hey, we're, we got home field. Georgia got the four. They're psyched. They no, it would be incredible. Oklahoma. It would be fantastic. Dan Wetzel, go follow him on Twitter, at Dan Wetzel. I love the idea. We'll unpack it a bit more. Also, LeBron James update. It's L.A. Braun next on OutKick. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. A message from Welch's Grape Juice. The Concord Grape is the perfect grape. It needs no added sugar or added flavor. It's also the perfect size and consistency for being smashed, crushed, ground up, and pulverized into delicious antioxidant-rich juice. The world's toughest antioxidants, Welch's, tough as grapes. Final segment of the show. Love Dan Wetzel's uh, idea and the discussion there of expanding the playoff to uh, eight teams four on-campus sites you've heard me talk about it a lot on this show he wrote a good column about it you can go find him on twitter at dan wetzel thank him for hopping on discuss his playoff idea with him um and uh also get ready for uh, the conference title games in the meantime uh but think about that if you have a young kid like i was talking with my 10 year old trying to explain the concept of college football games used to end in ties uh, and also the idea that you could uh, have ever been in a situation where multiple teams claim championships because there's no definite champion. At least we're moving down the right pathway here by having a four-team playoff and certainly an eight-team playoff, which I think is the right number. I think you get to eight, I would fight against expanding the playoff beyond eight. I understand there are some of you out there that are 16 people, and you're like, oh, we need 16 college football teams in the playoff. I think that's too many. I think eight's the perfect number. And you could uh, debate how exactly you pick those eight. I'd just let the college football playoff committee seed the top eight teams. And if you're not, if your conference is not good enough to have one of the eight best teams in college football, that's on you. It's on you that you don't get the a playoff team. Pac-12, look, your champ's going to have three losses and they're just not good enough. So you don't get to have a college football playoff team. UCF, you were good enough. So you get rewarded. You get in as a playoff team. Lots of years that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't be concerned about where the eight teams were coming from. I just take the top eight. Uh, all right, we do a little segment on this show called L.A. Braun. 
uh, because we're the only show not obsessed with LeBron James right now in all of America. But I do think we should touch on LeBron and let you know how things are going. Cue the music. I think we have L.A. Bron time. L.A. I got, I got, I got, I got. From the first show in the country to predict hashtag future Laker. Instead of three hours of it, Clay Travis captures all the mania in three minutes. LeBron has picked up the circus tent and it has followed him wherever he has gone. What's the latest on the LeBron circus? What's going on with L.A. Bron, Danny G? All right, Clay, after a nice win against the Jazz on Friday night, LeBron and his Lakers have lost two in a row. They lost to Orlando again on Sunday and last night, 117 to 85 to the Nuggets in Denver. LeBron dropped 37 and 2, but the Lakers are not making their free throws in this losing streak and they are not rebounding well. That is the latest in LeBron land. LeBron went for 14 and 7 last night, right? Because I had him to get a double double. Uh, 14. In fact, you just bungled yep. everything about L.A. Bron. No, there. I did he, not. He had 14 points and he had seven rebounds. Oh, right. my bad. I looked at his minutes. <laughs> oh, my bad. This is why we can't talk about LeBron James. I give you three <laughs> minutes to give us an update on LeBron James and you've bungled everything. Thank you for the three minutes of prep time. I appreciate I, that. You shouldn't need three <laughs> minutes of prep time to be able to look at the box score and see what happened with the Lakers game. <sighs> Clay, I, know, I am surrounded there, by what, an Clay, ocean of incompetence. If you only knew how many things we are multitasking I over just, here in Los play Angeles. Me, play me a, uh, a violin a for all the wine <laughs> play him a fiddle, that Roberto. goes on on this show. I am so competent. I show up and I do everything right. Sure and this, you do. I am Nick Saban. Five minutes and I am the show. Trying to, I am trying to coach <laughs> Uh, like a, 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 a JV squad. That Does can't it really do matter right. how many he scored? They lost. People care about L.A. Braun, and you couldn't even get his points and rebounds right. Well, I saw the 30, and normally LeBron will drop 30. So Yeah, learn how to read a box score. That's what I'm talking about. My name is Clay Travis. Everybody else on this show is incompetent. Go download the podcast. We had a lot of fun. Uh, my name is Clay. Like I said, this is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.